Welcome to the Dukes Up Show. I'm your host, Steven. I talk about and analyze MMA fights. And since there's no current UFC event, I'm going to talk about an older fight. Khabib Nurmagomedov and Justin Gaethje. This fight was phenomenal. It was a thrilling buildup, huge consequences, and it lived up to the hype in unexpected ways. You can contact me via email dukesuppodcast at gmail.com or you can find me on twitter at dukesuppodcast let's get right into the fight the first thing i want to discuss here is gaethje's game plan the most prominent thing was his low kicks now khabib is a pressure fighter so slowing him down is a good idea that's a great outcome but leg kicks are not the only way to slow somebody down And throwing hard leg kicks, numerous leg kicks early against a wrestler like Khabib is playing with fire. I think an effective and more conservative game plan, instead of throwing 10 leg kicks like Gaethje did in round one, would have been to throw two or three kicks in the first round and the second round even. Give him something to look at. Give Khabib something to look at. Do a little bit of damage. But... Do most of your slowing down work, most of your energy sapping work, your movement sapping work with punches to the body. It's easier to defend a takedown when you're throwing punches to the body than when you're throwing kicks to the leg. Punches don't get picked up like kicks to the legs, obviously. So I mentioned that Gaethje threw 10 leg kicks in round one. We go to the round break and Trevor Whitman, his coach, says, I want you to land eight more in round two. And that is what I think ended up getting him. Because he was trying to land so many of them, they were effective. There's no arguing that. But because he was trying to land so many of them, I think what happened is he threw a leg kick in a non-optimal position. The kick that led to the takedown that led to the finishing, to the submission, had Gaethje on the just outside, a half step outside the warning track. There is an octa- two octagonal lines that follow the, that are just a couple of feet inside the fence, and he was just a half step or right on that line, which meant he he didn't have his back to the cage, but he was darn close to it, and so when he threw the kick, he didn't escape quickly enough because he didn't have a great place to go. I guess he could have bolted to the side. Which brings me to the other reason I think that Khabib was able to catch that kick in the second round, get a takedown, and end up with a submission is because Gaethje landed a kick hard and got a reaction from Khabib. So when I rewatched the fight, I've seen it a few times now, and when I rewatch it, I see a a, a brief pause. Gaethje hits hits his kick, And he brings his leg back and he does two things. Like I mentioned earlier, he didn't have a lot of space, so he didn't bring his leg back far enough. And then the other thing is that there's a a tiny little pause in there that gave Khabib enough time to reach down and snag it while he was putting his foot on the ground. He didn't catch it on his body. He caught it way, way deep, which shows you how fast Khabib is. But I think... Without a little bit of hesitation from Gaethje because he was looking for a reaction, I think that leg gets far enough away. Khabib doesn't pick it up, and we keep going. I mentioned earlier that I think body punches would have been a smarter move with just a couple of leg kicks. 
obviously Gaethje's got heavy leg kicks and you're going to want to use that but I think if he had waited until the second half of round two or round three and later to use those leg kicks that would have been much smarter you can still slow a guy like Khabib down with body shots and of course Justin did manage to land a great body hook but it was just the one that was really effective next thing I want to mention is Trevor Whitman as a coach and I've been kind of crapping all over Gaethje's game plan, which is in large part due to Trevor Whitman here. I think Trevor Whitman is, he's one of, if not the best coach in MMA. He's definitely my favorite coach right now. He's smart. He's calm. He's mature. I love the way he handles guys in between rounds. I love the way he thinks about fighting. So I'm not trying to rail against him here. In fact, this makes me think of something he said in between rounds to Gaethje when he was fighting Tony Ferguson. I forget which round it was, maybe between three and four. He walks up to him. He points his finger in it. Whitman points his finger right at Gaethje, sort of accusingly, and goes, Hey, take 10% off. You're trying to kill the guy out there. First of all, it's fun. It's entertaining to listen to. But what is really great about that is that he's giving process coaching, not outcome coaching. He's not yelling, go, go, go. He's telling you how to go. He's not saying put on pressure. He's telling you how to put on pressure. Here's how you're going to put on pressure. You're going to throw your jab before that right hook you've been throwing to the body. So I love Whitman as a coach here. And this isn't uh, this isn't meant to dump all over or him or Gaethje but I think that it was a very risky plan to throw those leg kicks early I think the result bears that out the next thing I want to talk about was Nurmagomedov's stand-up I've been paying attention to his stand-up of course as long as I've been watching him even though his wrestling is really the primary his primary mode of fighting he's got hands and he's got good stand-up but it's not great. First, some good things about it. He has hand speed. His hands are scary fast. He's really, he's scary fast all over. His double leg, his single, any of his shots are scary fast. And you've seen, I've noticed his hand speed every single fight, but I really noticed it when he fought McGregor. He ended up with a knockdown in that fight. And at times he made Connor, a guy who's coming up from 145 pounds, look slow-ish. Definitely slower than Khabib is. And I thought that was, uh, that was worth noting. Another good thing about Khabib's stand-up is, especially against Gaethje here, he showed a little bit of variety. He had fast hands against Connor, but he really just had a few punches that he went to. And they worked great, and it, it was good enough for him. But against Gaethje, he showed a little something extra. After Gaethje was doing all that bobbing and weaving on the exit, he was ducking a lot in order to be ready to cover takedowns. Khabib throws in a knee. He was throwing straight kicks up the middle to the body. And then again, after noticing how much time Gaethje was spending with his head low, he started throwing it up top. He did that twice. So Khabib showed smart variety. He's not some flashy striker or whatever, but he's got the ability to throw these strikes that can catch you off guard. He's not Alexander Shlomenko going out there and throwing nine or ten spinning back fists to fight, but he might throw one. 
or something of that nature. Khabib also throws his jab a lot. And of, of course, like I mentioned, he has fast hands and so it works well. But he does something that's not so great with it. He throws his jab a lot, and he throws it a lot in a row, and he has a real bad habit of dropping his rear hand and of standing bolt upright. Now, against Gaethje, it didn't really cost him too much because Gaethje's so worried about the takedown. So at one point, Khabib threw five jabs in a row, pretty much just flat-footed, backhand up a little bit, nothing real impressive, no head movement. He just threw him in a row. And what did Gaethje do? He was doing a big bob and weave. And of course, he was doing that because he wanted to be ready to defend against a takedown, which is fine, but it is just a jab. You don't have to do a lean back. Um, you could have done a, a small slip or he could have moved his feet and ended up uh, avoiding some of those jabs all of which would get him slightly out of position for counter strikes. So there's something to lose if you're Gaethje in evading that jab any which way you cut it. He just kind of had to pick his poison there. What did he want to do? The reason I bring it up, though, is because Khabib threw five jabs in a row standing, on his, standing flat-footed. That's terrible. That's not good. And they weren't good jabs either. That little series I'm talking about specifically in the first round, they were almost like big parries. And the reason he gets away with that kind of stuff is because he's such an unbelievable wrestler, because he's so dangerous there, he gets a little bit more leeway in the stand-up. So he's doing things that, aren't, that are good, but they're not great, but they're having a better-than-good effect because of how good his wrestling is. Any other fighter in the division throws those five jabs flat-footed, Gaethje's taking his head off. There's only one guy in the world that's going to get away with that stuff, and it's Khabib. So a couple more bad things about Khabib's stand-up is that he has a high guard and an average-length torso and average upper arms, it looks like. I haven't measured them, but that's what it appears. And the point to mentioning that is that his body is open. If you don't have long upper arms or a short torso, when your guard is high, your stomach, your lower ribs are completely exposed, which backs up the idea that Gaethje would have been smart to go to the body with punches in rounds one and two, and then unleash his leg kicks later. Khabib's body is available to hit because he keeps that guard so high. Khabib also reacts big. He he reaches a lot. He he throws these caricatures of parries to defend against strikes. He's terribly hittable. And again, like I said, what keeps him from doing stuff like that and not paying for it by getting floored is the fact that his wrestling is such a danger all the time to everybody. And real quick, one more note about his jabs is that when he throws his jab, his right hand is loaded up. And a couple of times, I saw him load this right hand up behind his ear, even with his ear. I mean, it is way back there. He's not always keeping his guard over his face. When he jabs, his right hand is in the next state over. He is entirely hittable if you're willing to take the chance or if you know you can get rid of his wrestling, which so far nobody's been able to. Now, 
Gaethje took a he caught a little bit of flack uh, from the commentators and then a little bit of flack from Trevor Whitman in between rounds one and two for throwing such big hooks. And they, I think they were a little big, but I do want to say that hooks were the right move because what I just mentioned could be bites really big. He he reaches far for parries. So throwing straight punches, you're going to run into those reaching parries a lot more often unless you're going to do a double and come over the top. So I think throwing hooks is smart. Um, that was definitely the right move on Gaethje's part. The next thing I want to talk about is Khabib's strength. So he's a very skilled wrestler, and, uh, and he's got an unbelievably fast takedown. That's all great. But there's something else going on there because he's not slick. This isn't Ryan Hall. This isn't... Uh, a guy who's just so good at the techniques that people can't get out of them that they get schnookered into putting themselves into a bad position. You thought you was going for a triangle and you know, whoops, he took your back. He's not, he's not that guy. He's not blowing your brains with technique, even though he is very good at it. One component of his ground game that doesn't get talked about too much is how strong he is. His strength is ridiculous. And Gaethje was a great example of it here. So I think Gaethje's wrestling has has lost a little because he's been a pro fighter for so long and not a wrestler. So even though he has that background, I think he's lost some. However, he still has the background and he still knows how to fight on the ground and all that good stuff. At the end of round one, Khabib takes Gaethje down and Gaethje doesn't move it's not because he was lazy it's not because he was frozen this isn't Greg Hardy getting taken down he doesn't know what to do he hasn't finished his his jujitsu tutorial yet this is a guy who knows what he's doing knows how to move on the ground and is plenty strong for a lightweight and he couldn't move that is not normal Khabib's ability to hold people because of how strong he is and to advance position because of how strong he is is bizarre and this was beautifully demonstrated by the triangle that he caught Gaethje in in round two once again he secured a takedown and then Gaethje was hardly able to move at all it looks like he's just lying there doing nothing but of course it's not true he's stuck he can't move because obviously Khabib's technique is great but because Khabib is so brutally strong there's very little that Gaethje could do against it. And he got mounted twice. He got taken down twice. He got mounted twice. He got submitted. A triangle that was set up from mount and then rolled back into. That's something you don't see in the UFC. And again, this isn't this isn't a guy who's uh, the uber-slick jiu-jitsu guy, the uber-slick submission guy. This is uh, a powerful wrestler who can do all the who can do everything else who can transition and submit and ground and pound so the the fact that he was able to just almost bully his way into that triangle is is really phenomenal i think his strength is is often talked about but it's so much it's underrated his strength is incredible the next thing is some more khabib his chin he took a few serious shots from Gaethje, especially in round one. And so it's not as though Gaethje didn't have any success. It's not as though he 
just got shut down. He went out there and got finished immediately. Gaethje did good things and had success. He even landed some incredible shots, or at least they might have been incredible on somebody else, but Khabib took them. This is a guy who's not taking a lot of damage in the cage. I don't know how much damage he takes in the gym, but what it reminded me of was Anderson Silva and Chuck Liddell when they were at their peaks. Both of them in various fights, of course Anderson not all the time, but both of them took big punches and they took them without ever flinching. So it seemed like they weren't getting hit. It seemed like nobody could get to them. They were untouchable. Now Chuck did get finished a little more than Anderson earlier in his career. But I'm just talking about their, uh, their runs of immortality there. It looks like nobody's getting to them, but they were. Anderson did get hit. Anderson got hit hard, but his chin was up to the task and he never flinched. He never showed wear and tear. He was incredibly hard to drop. And you see that with guys that don't have a ton of losses on their record. Guys that haven't been concussed have big, thick chins. The chin really does wear away, it seems. And we did see that with Anderson Silva and Chuck Liddell. Eventually, Chuck Liddell's getting knocked over by a stiff breeze. And Khabib had that level or has that level of chin. What I wonder is how long it would take before Khabib's ability to absorb those punches without any practical effect would last. How long can he go? How many more fights does Khabib have in him before that hook that Justin Gaethje landed behind his ear, a notorious knockdown knockout spot, starts dropping him or finishing him even? The fact that he shrugged off a hook from a power puncher that landed behind the ear is nuts. It's not terribly special. Khabib's not Jesus here. Um, but it is something that a handful of guys have, especially at the peak of their career, but for a while and eventually it'll go away. Before we wrap it up, Khabib has gotten a lot of pats on the back. He gets a lot of uh, a lot of credit for being such a wonderful sportsman, and he's such a good guy, and his dad was so great. And I'm not trying to pile on here just to, you know, be a, be a whatever the current version of a shock jock is after his dad passed away. But Khabib's not a great sportsman, and his public image is not that great and I'll tell you why remember the time he beat the ever-loving crap out of Conor McGregor and then was worked up in such a an emotional little tizzy that he jumped over the fence and started attacking people after he won a fight that is profoundly immature and profoundly unimpressive he might have a lot of good things about him he might be a good person but that is a massive mark against him. And the fact that he comes out and does immature things from time to time and then has a massively immature and crazy unsportsmanlike. You think Nick D uh, Nate Diaz flicking people off, flicking off the camera is unsporting? You think some crap on Twitter is unsporting? How about a guy that's throwing kicks at punches outside of the cage? This is sport. This isn't life. These aren't battles. This isn't war. It's a sport. And if you're starting fights outside of the cage, you're an idiot. 
I don't think he deserves as much credit as he's getting for being such a wonderful human being. That said, I'd love to see him fight again, but if he does retire, best of luck. I always enjoy seeing fighters, regardless of how much I like them, get out with their head intact and hopefully with their bank accounts intact. All right, that wraps it up for this show. I'll come back when the UFC comes back. I believe that is January 16th with a brand new show. Remember, you can find me on Twitter at DukesUpPodcast, and you can email me, DukesUpPodcast at gmail.com. I will talk to you next time.